What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast from fanboysanonymous.com. I am your host, Tony Mango, and my target to review for this edition is Wonder Woman. As far as the Review Point podcast goes, it's pretty simple. I try to do my best to break things down into positives and negatives, hereby referred to as hits and misses whenever they pop up. And I want to warn everybody ahead of time, this is the spoiler review. There will be spoilers in this. So if you have not seen the movie yet, you don't want to know what happens, bookmark this, go watch the Minuteman Reviews spoiler-free review, and then come back and check this out whenever you do want to be spoiled. Maybe this is the case where you don't care, maybe it's something where you want the spoilers just so you can know whether or not you want to watch the movie. Whatever the case may be, as long as you know ahead of time that I will be spoiling elements of the movie going forward, I'm giving you the warning just in case. So let's dive into this with something pretty simple and pretty spoilery as far as how this review is going to go. I like the movie. I like it a lot, actually. I The first thing that I said after the credits started popping up and everybody starts chatting with each other was, hey, you know what? I think that this is on par with most of the Marvel films, actually. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, to me, I'm a part of the crew of the people that think you don't need to be a Marvel fanboy or a DC fanboy. You can be a good story fanboy and you can be a comic book fanboy and you can just like what you like you don't have to pick sides batman is my absolute favorite comic book character and i would go so far as to say my favorite character in all of fiction no matter what the medium is but at the same time i'm a huge fan of iron man and thor and hulk and captain america and all the people over in the marvel side of things superman is another one of my favorites i mean to be Fair, my top three favorite comic book characters of all time. Batman's number one, number two is Spider-Man, and number three is probably Superman, maybe the X-Men, if you want to combine them all together, that kind of a thing. But Wonder Woman has never been my favorite. And that's not because she's a woman. It's because I was never the biggest fan of the character, the same as how I was never the biggest fan of Thor as a kid. Now, the Thor movies have made me appreciate Thor a lot more. And the more that I've gotten into Wonder Woman from, like, the Justice League animated series and, you know, like, some different other uh, incarnations over the years, the more and more I've appreciated Wonder Woman. So when Wonder Woman was on Batman v Superman, I was thrilled about it. I was like, you know what, that's great because we actually get the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, essentially, in a movie. And I really, really liked that aspect to it. And I wasn't part of those people that was like, oh, Wonder Woman was underdeveloped in that movie. It was called Batman v Superman. She was supposed to be just a guest character and to kind of round out the way that that goes. You know what I mean? So I approached this movie the way that I approached all the DC movies, which is the same way that I approached all the Marvel ones, where we've gone through films all these years of like, say, 20th Century Fox does a movie, or Sony does, like, the old Spider-Man movies, or, you know, Warner Brothers does, like, the Dark Knight series and all that. All these standalone films, and some of them can be great, and some of them can be terrible. You know, you get a great movie like Batman Begins, you get a terrible movie like Elektra. You get a great movie like the first uh, Spider-Man from Sam Raimi. You get a terrible movie like, say, Superman Returns. wasn't really all that great. It's all just sort of, like, dependent upon the film and stuff. So, the fact that this movie is good enough that I would put it on par with, like, Captain America the First Avenger, or the first Thor movie, or any of the other ones from the MCU that I think are rock-solid movies, 
that's great. That's a step in the right direction here because this movie needed to be great. And it's not the best comic book movie of all time. And I'm sure on repeated viewings, there's going to be more things that I find at fault with it. But there might be more things that I like about it, too, because that can change, too. I personally really like Batman v Superman, the ultimate edition of it, at the very least. I think that there are flaws for it, and it bugs me that, like, the editing is a little bit weird, and that they cut things out, and that they still have, like, some continuity things that really bug me. Like, why the fuck would you kill off Jimmy Olsen like that? And what's the story with how they kind of, like throw Doomsday in there and they don't need to but I, I appreciate that they did that too because Doomsday doesn't need to be done as like its own solo film but you fucked over Lex Luthor for the whole rest of the series different stuff like that so one of my main concerns about this movie was the two major flaws of Batman v Superman actually you know what let's say the three major flaws of Batman v Superman and Man of Steel exactly the same number one not respecting the continuity of just, like, the pre-canon type of stuff, the source material, changing too many things like that, like, you didn't need Jenny Jerwich, should have been Jimmy Olsen, that kind of thing. Number two, not having the right story elements and editing them out, because that's something that Zack Snyder has a problem with when it comes to Batman v Superman. And number three, being a just totally disjarring mess of a film like Suicide Squad, where they clearly want to go in a bunch of different directions and they don't know which one they want to invest in all the way, so they just do multiple things. And the only thing that really kind of uh, conjoins the whole tone of it is just it's dark. Because that's the only thing that seems to be the one major thing going forward that DC was like, the thing we want to hit on is it's darker than the MCU. And it shouldn't be just like, well, we got to be dark for the sake of dark. Suicide Squad was like, let's get five editors to make five different movies. But as long as they make it dark, then that's another thing that we need to make sure is the case. I was worried any of those three problems would have popped up here. Thankfully, not the case. They avoid every single one of those problems, essentially. Patty Jenkins just does a damn good job. She ends up making a film that respects the characters and it's a tight kind of package there's a little bit of room to grow there's certainly a little bit of flaws here and there it's not perfect but it's what you could really ask for in a wonder woman movie and we can start just talking about the hits you know just right off the bat here with the titular character just wonder woman herself and gal gadot her acting was something that I was very suspect of, but she did a great job. She's not going to win an Oscar for her performance, but that's the same with every other superhero movie. We've had, like, I don't know, 30 or so of the past comic book movies where only, like, arguably four performances or so should have been receiving any kind of Academy Award attention, and Heath Ledger's Joker was one of them, and he won. But you're not going to see Oscars flying in for Robert Downey Jr. for Tony Stark, as great as he is. Scarlett Johansson's not going to win anything for Ghost in the Shell or for uh, Black Widow or for whatever. Henry Cavill's not going to win anything. Ben Affleck's not going to win anything. That's just a situation. So you don't go into a comic book movie expecting to be, you know, every actor is going to be pulling off the role of a lifetime and something that we're going to be talking about for ages as like, you know, the same as uh, Anthony Hopkins' Hannibal Lecter or... You know, anything like that. It's Gal Gadot had a job to do here where she was Wonder Woman, and she was. She was great. 
So <laughs> she was able to pull off a meatier role than what she was in Batman v Superman. So any of the uh, suspicions that I had ahead of time that she might not be able to pull that bigger role off, out the window now. Now I'm just going to go, okay, well, and she's going to be great in Justice League and she'll be great going forward in anything else. She's just a great Wonder Woman. Awesome. I never would have cast her to begin with if I would have been the person uh, casting Wonder Woman around. I always thought that there were some other names that could have made a little bit more sense, like Charisma Carpenter or something. But now that Gal Gadot's proven herself in Batman v Superman and in her own solo film, then you know what? They were right. They were right in casting her. She's done a great job. So big old hit as far as I'm concerned with that. Chris Pine, for that matter, also knocked it out of the park. A great uh, Steve Trevor, which that character is kind of basic enough. And I went into this hoping Steve Trevor would just be Captain America without the super, uh, super soldier serum. And he was. So that proves that Chris Pine got the character. He understood it. And that they understood the character because they gave him the right heroism and the right sense of humor and everything else like that. By the end of the movie, when he dies, I'm sitting there going, damn, we're not going to get any more uh, Steve Trevor? That sucks. Kind of wanted a little bit more out of him. But you can't because he doesn't have the whole thing that Captain America does where he's able to go from World War II to, you know, 70 years later with the, the super, hold, super soldier serum. I don't know why I'm botching that so much. He's just a regular guy. So even if he wouldn't have blown himself up, he still wouldn't have been able to live that long because humans don't live that long. So that sucks because I wish I could live forever. But <laughs> big fan of uh, Antiope. I think I'm saying that correctly, Antiope. I don't know too much about her backstory or her history in the comics, but Robin Wright nailed it. Totally bought her uh, being the top dog from the start. Didn't second guess it at all. Queen Hippolyta, admittedly, I'm not going to go so far as to say that Connie Nielsen was a miss, but I sort of feel like maybe that role would have been better cast as another person that would have had a little bit more gravitas to it. And I don't think that it's like Connie Nielsen's fault necessarily, but it might be because the part wasn't really strong, but at the same time, the part's pretty bland and Antiope's not that big of a character, but Robin Wright sort of stole the show with all the Amazon stuff. But by the way, the, uh, the Amazons in general look badass. another hit. And, um, I liked the idea that we had a diversification to that sort of kind of like the people that bitch and complain about Thor and they're like, why is Heimdall black? Well, because it's a fucking comic book thing and who gives a shit? It doesn't need to be like legitimate Norse mythology here. And as far as like the Amazons go, if we would have just had a whole bunch of white Amazons, it would have been a little bit weird. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that we had people of all different ethnicities back in that whole scenario. I like that they referred to it as Themyscira and Paradise Island. That was cool. Um, but going back to the Queen Hippolyta thing, I think that that was a little bit just underwhelming. So it's not quite a miss. It's it's in the middle range. She did a good enough job for the role. And if they show her in Justice League and some kind of flashback thing with like the mother boxes and stuff, maybe she'll get a little bit more to kind of like sink your teeth into. But it's probably just going to be like a cameo and... I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope about that. So good enough not to really like stand out, but she didn't need to. It's not a Queen Hippolyta movie. It's a Wonder Woman movie. She's just supporting. Same as like some of the other characters are. Uh, the visuals in general also were a big plus. I know that Dace pointed out after seeing the movie that he was happy that it wasn't just all dark because the visuals are hard to see in some of these movies a little bit. You could actually see what was going on here. And that's because it wasn't a Zack Snyder movie. 
Patty Jenkins just uh, filmed it a different way and it ended up coming out better. It's, again, more attuned to what the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff has been doing so far. Not quite as bright because you don't have like the actual bright costumes. Everything is still muted a little bit. And I'd like to see that sort of go more into a higher saturation than in the future. I, of course, am not the authority to talk about this kind of stuff as far as lighting and stuff goes. I have no experience in this kind of field, but I would like to see it go a little bit more on par with the Marvel stuff. This was a step in that sort of field, so I'm glad that they did that. And by the way, speaking about the Zack Snyder stuff, condolences to uh, Zack Snyder's family. The whole situation with his daughter, that's horrible. So uh, it really sucks that that's going on right now. Uh, the first time that the Batman v Superman Wonder Woman theme comes on, that was awesome. Major, major hit for me. I've always <laughs> kind of made fun of that song because it's kind of obnoxious. Just sitting there like... It sounds like the most annoying commercial to just get stuck in your head. And it does get stuck in your head. So that pisses me off. But it's cool. And it had that oomph factor where when that part came on and it was just kind of like she's going in full badass mode and we've got this rock music playing and stuff. It was just like, fuck yeah, go, you know, go wreck some shit, that kind of thing. And I also like how they sort of did both the origin stories with the molded from clay idea and the daughter of Zeus. It's sort of the best of both worlds. The people that really liked the clay one get their little nod to that, but at the same time it. The New 52 goes in the direction of her being the daughter of Zeus and Hippolyta, and that one makes a little bit more sense to me. So I would prefer that one over the other one, and if they wouldn't have done the clay thing, I probably would have thrown that down as a miss, as, like, that they could have thrown a reference out there where, like, you know, somebody says, like, what were you, like, sculpted from clay or something like that, you know? But it, I think that they handled it a lot better this time around. Uh also, not everyone will catch this, but I like how they had that bondage scene at the end. Not that I'm into, like, BDSM or anything, but specifically because bondage was a major aspect of the Wonder Woman comics originally. They didn't go so far as to do the stupid thing where Diana loses her powers if a man handcuffs her, thankfully, because that's really stupid. But they did have Ares pin her down and such, so I assume that that was a nod to that. Just done in a much more tasteful and less uh, sexist way. Very nice touch, if that's the case. And if it wasn't planned, then hey, you got a bonus uh, point for the hit column anyway, so congrats. But we do have some misses here. And it's not just all hits. Uh, one thing I want to say is, cool it on the slow motion. I lost count on how many times I was supposed to find it cool that someone jumped into the air, spun in a circle, and did something in slow motion. Every action scene in this movie seemed to do that at least four or five times, and it got really old. It got old by the time that the Germans were storming the beach and fighting the uh, the Amazons, because that happens over and over in that scene, and it's like, oh my god, look, somebody's jumping up, spinning around, and shooting an arrow. Now, this person, what they did is they jumped up and in slow motion spun around and stabbed somebody. And then the next time, somebody's riding a horse and they're going to, in slow motion, spin around their sword and stab somebody. And it was like, all right, I kind of get it. You think that every action scene needs to have this kind of thing. And that's not a problem with the movie as far as like story goes or anything like that, because obviously that doesn't affect the story. It's just the type of action filming 
mechanism that I don't like. It's kind of like shaky cam. Shaky cam can be good for certain scenes and certain types of movies. Like, if you're going to do, say, that hardcore Henry thing, I've never seen the movie, but I assume shaky cam is in that. And that has a gimmick that actually would work for that kind of thing. Cloverfield. Shaky cam it is necessary for Cloverfield. But shaky cam shouldn't be in a Bond film, so that's why Quantum of Solace sucks. And the slow motion type of stuff like this, it just seems cheap to me, kind of. It's like somebody going, oh, and this scene is going to be so cool because this person, they're totally going to do this thing that they can't really do, and you're going to have to keep it in slow motion to see just how awesome it is. And it's like, it really isn't at this point. It's 2017. We've seen pretty much everything in action. And the things that we haven't seen in action aren't because they haven't been slow enough. It's because they haven't been thought of. So when you get like, say, I don't know, like uh, an action scene, like maybe the, uh, the hallway fight in Daredevil season one, that's because the only thing that had really done it like that beforehand was old boy. And that's great, by the way, go see old boy, go old boy, the, uh, the original movie, not the American one. Um, that's, Great, and we didn't need slow motion for that, so I don't like slow motion overdone in these kind of things. I think slow motion should only be done for things that need to be slow motion, and the rest of it, just because it's action and you think that it's a cool shot, is just sort of cheap and lame. So that applies to the Marvel movies, too. They did it, like, that uh, shot in Civil War where Bucky is on the motorcycle. That was slow motion. And it was like, you know what? I don't think that that needed to be slow motion. That was more so like, isn't this cool that he's doing it? Let's slow it down so you can go, whoa. But that doesn't hit me like that. So I I don't like that. That was a miss. Uh, Samir, Charlie, and the Chief just felt like discount versions of the Howling Commandos in every sense of the word. Thankfully, they had enough character to justify them being memorable enough. And I can't really like, tell you much information about the Howling Commandos outside of Dum Dum Dugan, because even Gabe Jones is kind of just like a guy. But I sort of, I don't know, I, I kind of wanted a little bit more out of them too. It was like, Charlie is just sort of like, well, isn't he like a drunken mess? And the chief was like, well, isn't he an Indian? <laughs> it was just like one of those kind of things. So that was, um, they, they could have used a little bit more. Uh, they were, I guess, necessary characters. It's kind of cool that Samir is part of the Blackhawks. They didn't really focus on that, but the Blackhawks is a nice little tie-in. Oh, by the way, uh, doing like references and stuff, nobody calls her Wonder Woman in the movie at all. That's a miss. I'm always kind of disappointed when they don't say the names in these movies. Sometimes it's a bit uh, tougher than other ones, and sometimes it's a little bit too tongue-in-cheek and kind of nauseating, like that Fantastic Four piece of shit film. It was like, I, I got a name for us. The Fantastic or whatever, and then they just fucking end it. That kind of stuff bugs the hell out of me. And I hate it when it's like, oh, he's like some kind of uh, Spider-Man or something, and it's like, you know, like that that kind of stuff's shit. But I think that they could have pulled it off here, maybe like that scene where they're referencing her being able to like take care of herself but not Steve. It could have been like, you know, well, she's uh, uh this kind of goes against what I just said a second ago, but like, well, she's like a, a wonder of a woman and you're just Steve Trevor, like that kind of thing. Maybe those kind of lines can be better, you know? I mean, I'm just thinking about this on the spot here, but 
I like when they call uh, things Wonder Woman and when they call things Iron Man. And, you know, like, I like that kind of stuff. So maybe even in the present day thing, it could have been like she's reading an article that says, like, mysterious Wonder Woman does whatever or something like that. That could have been a better way to do it now that I'm thinking about that stupid horrible line that I just pitched a second ago. Nix that line. Don't do that line. Um, Yeah, I kind of wanted uh, them to say Wonder Woman at some point. By the way, when we're talking about Mrs., one of the hits of the movie as a whole was the dialogue with Steve Trevor saying that he's like above average and all like the sexual innuendo and stuff like that. All that stuff was great. The audience was just completely eating that up. So uh, that whole idea of like Steve Trevor not measuring up and stuff like here and there. And um, you know, when he says the one part, you know, well actually I'm not above average. It takes a lot of vigor for me to be who I am and that kind of stuff. I like that a lot. That was great. Uh, Let's address the, the elephant in the room, though. And this is going to be something that a lot of people are going to have very, very strong opinions on. So I'll say ahead of time, this is going to be the part where if you are going to get pissed off at me for some reason, it's probably going to be for this part. <laughs> a lot of people are going to go into this movie, and I've already judged the movie without seeing it as a hit or a miss purely on the women empowerment aspect of it. And I went into this movie without any kind of political mentality. So I'm free of the burden of arguing on either side, as I think that both sides have been stupid as hell for similar reasons, despite being diametrically opposed to one another. But that's the same thing that happens to everything in any kind of political discussion. You've got your far left and you got your far right, and they're all idiots. (laughs) <laughs> and it's the only the people in the center that ever seem to make any sense because they can see the flaws of both sides and they're able to come to reasonable uh, agreements on things and stuff. So isn't it funny how that happens? You got one side who thinks it's okay, for instance, to have women-only screenings while also complaining that not enough men want to see the movie. You're literally not allowing men to see the movie at those screenings. But then you've got another side on the total flip 180 degrees opposite that says ludicrous things like it can't be a good movie because it's about a woman. Both sides. Fucking stupid. So if you are a part of either of those extreme sides, you're not going to like my opinion because I piss off both sides because the very, very pro one side and the very, very pro the other side, both look at me as being not enough on their side. So I'm going to alienate myself when it comes to that. I am in the center. I am for equality and I am for equality in the sense of equality. I think that no two wrongs make a right. So the people that try to argue women only screenings is okay because men used to have men only voting I don't think men-only voting was a good idea fucking either. So you can't say because of the sins of the past that you should burden the people of the future. If you were going to go that way, then you got to tie in race and you got to tie in this and whatever like that. And my opinion about anything when it comes to politics is that both extreme sides, if it's a money issue, if it's a race issue, a gender issue, whatever, both extreme sides lose track of what equality actually means. So I'm going to put that out there ahead of time. I'm going to keep diving down this rabbit hole a little bit, but 
that's where I stand as far as the political aspect of this. Thankfully, for a movie with so many bullshit political agendas hovering around it that are both anti-woman and anti-men, I was so relieved to see that this was the right tone, at least in my perspective, all the way throughout the picture. They addressed some forms of sexism, and I'm so glad that they did, but it wasn't a part of this angle of, fuck you, all you men with your evil penises. It was more so, fuck you, anybody who believes in stupid backwards-ass things. For instance, Diana is not a damsel in distress, and it's because she's the star of the film and a superhero, not because they were making a political statement. She's supposed to be the star of the film. But thankfully, they don't approach this the way that the Supergirl TV show did, at least with its pilot, which turned me off immediately, and I haven't watched an episode ever since then. They literally had dialogue in the, in the pilot of that show saying, what do you mean she can't do that? Because she's a girl? And it was like, no, because she's fighting somebody three times her size who has a weapon and is a trained killer. That's why she can't fight that fucking dude. Not because she's a girl, because he will fucking kill her. You would be saying the same thing as, Superman can't beat Doomsday? He's an unstoppable killing machine. And you're not going to go, why? Because he's a man? That kind of stuff. It bugs the hell out of me. They literally had an advertisement that said, it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's not a man. Lots of over-enthusiastic girl power for the sake of girl power stuff. And I hate that just the same as I hate these type of men that go on these diatribes about like, oh, I was telling my girlfriend she should make me a sandwich. Fuck you. Go make the sandwich yourself, you asshole. You know what I mean? So... This, on the other hand, treated Wonder Woman with the respect that she deserves as a leading protagonist for a film where she's the titular hero of the story. At no point in the movie does Diana feel like she's being shoehorned into anything. It's actually more of a fish-out-of-water tale than one of those, like, men are from Mars, women are from Venus types of things, and I'm so thankful for that. If I would have sat through a movie like that where I'm just, like, being lectured the whole time and being told that I'm, like, a mistake because I'm a dude. I hate that kind of shit. So, uh, you know, it, it's a big problem, like, that kind of stuff. And while we're at it, for the people that are going to criticize the movie and say that Diana was a Mary Sue because she won every single fight that she was in, let me stop you right there. She isn't. Here's the difference between Diana in this movie and Rey from The Force Awakens. I fully agree, Rey is a Mary Sue. But Diana is clearly not. They specifically show Diana training from adolescence to adulthood to explain how she's that damn good at what she's doing. And it also doesn't hurt that she happens to be a literal fucking goddess. So <laughs> she's got the lineage behind her. You know, it helps explain a lot of stuff. Now, we don't know too much about Rey. And even if it turns out that Rey is Luke Skywalker's daughter, where she's got the genetics for being on the same path as the Chosen One of the Force, she still has had no training as far as we're aware. So she still shouldn't know how to do anything, because Luke spent the same amount of time where he wasn't getting trained, and in A New Hope, he struggles just to block some blaster bolts, and he struggles just to focus enough to shoot the uh, Death Star port. But Rey is doing Jedi mind tricks and stuff like that without even knowing that the Jedi even necessarily exists. That's an issue. But Wonder Woman is somebody who has this crazy potential 
and she also was trained by Antiope. That's the difference, and why this movie is better, because it actually explains pretty much everything that it sets uh, forth to do. For example, how was Dr. Poison able to make such deadly weapons? Well, she gets the chemical weapon ideas and the formulas and stuff, because Ares was influencing her. Why are there no stories of Wonder Woman passed down from the past couple of generations? Because the only people who saw her fight were the villagers in Belgium, who all fucking died. That's why they didn't tell stories of this woman in uh, armor who took down a whole military and stuff like that. Why can't we find Themyscira? Because there's a dimensional portal acting as a gateway to mask the two worlds, and the only people that know about it are all the German soldiers who died, Steve Trevor, who died, and the Amazons, who don't want people to come in there anyway. Big hits on the fact that they spent the time to develop the script with intelligence and respect to the canon, and they were able to pull off uh, an empowerment type of movie where there were lots of women clapping in the auditorium that I was in to see the movie, but it also didn't hit you over the head with the only way that we can say women are equal to men is to belittle men. It's more so, why can't we all just be equal? And that's the way that it should be. And the reason that Wonder Woman is not equal to the men in the movie is because she is Wonder Woman. She is the only one that is supposed to have those type of powers. So, of course, she's going to be the bigger physical threat than any of the people in the military. And I would have been annoyed if there would have been a scene where, like, Steve Trevor is saving her and doing a whole weird thing like that. Because it annoys me in movies where... Like, say, you know, the damsel in distress is saving the superhero man just because they're like, well, we need to have a scene where she beats, you know, the person because, you know, that that helps us out, makes it seem less sexist. So, unfortunately, all movie reviews about this movie are going to have to go through a trial and error period when it comes to political crap. Because you know that you're going to get people that are going to inflate the movie just because it is a uh, like an empowerment statement. So people are going to go into this and they're going to go, this was the best movie ever and it's a 10 out of 10 and it's absolutely flawless and perfect and the reason why they're doing that isn't because they actually believe that it is a 10 out of 10 movie, but just because they want a Wonder Woman movie to be a 10 out of 10. And that sucks because we shouldn't be doing that. Just the same as it's going to really suck when we come across those reviews where people purposely downgrade the movie because they're like it's pissing me off that it's like a, a, a wonder woman movie and all that other kind of stuff both sides again i'm telling you both sides are wrong and hopefully you approach this from the same angle that i did where let's just break the movie down as far as how the movie itself is and let's ignore all the bullshit all the chatter all the noise that's surrounding the movie because if you have a press junket that's doing women-only screenings, I think that that's wrong politically, but that's not going to make me dislike or like this movie any more, any less. I am looking at this through the scope of if I'm sitting in my chair and I'm watching a movie, it could be Citizen Kane, it could be Dude, Where's My Car? I'm going to rate the movie based off of the movie. And as far as a hit or a miss, this movie is a hit. It's a really solid film. It's not perfect, but 
very few movies are perfect, and the flaws that it does have are pretty much excusable. I don't like the idea that the action scenes have these uh, spinning in a circle, slow motion things over and over and over again. If I could change that, I would change it immediately. That's probably my biggest miss of the whole movie. My biggest hit of the whole movie, they really do a good job settling on a good tone, and they take a character that is a very well-respected character and deserved to have a faithful adaptation, and they did it justice. So I thought that this was great. I hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, and I want to know what you have to think about this movie, so make sure that you leave your comments below and tell me what you thought, and if you liked something, you disliked something, you disagreed, you agreed, whatever the case may be, just put your opinions out there. Let's try to all hopefully approach this from a respectable angle. Don't start throwing fucking shade at each other and just starting flame wars and stuff like that. We don't need it. We've got far too much bullshit to deal with in the world. So that's my rundown for this episode of The Review Point. Be sure to stay tuned to the website and the YouTube channel for more stuff coming your way. I think the next movie review I'm going to be doing is going to be The Mummy. And after that, I don't know, probably Spider-Man Homecoming or so. So hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And you'll get notified if you hit that little bell icon thing of when we do post those videos up. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well. That way you can get notified if anything doesn't pop up that way or whatever. But this has been another Review Point. I'm Tony Mango and I'm a fanboy. See you next time, everybody. Geeks, out.